Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Just wave to me and smile, everyone. With a beautiful light towards your face, it takes a few moments just to connect with everyone. Wow. Say wow. Say backwards. Say wow. Say it backwards. Say wow. Say wow. Upside down. My kids will say, that's just dad's kind of a joke. <laughs> Are you guys doing okay? Before we start, I just felt somebody that is visiting here. I saw there was probably 10, 12 hands, but somebody visiting here. Just let me see. There was somebody. Okay. I think I wanted to give you this. I just wanted yeah, to give this. And then also inside, don't open too much, but this is your lunch for today. I just wanted to bless you. Yeah. I don't know if I've been as excited as, uh, as Lauren is about me sharing today. Uh, and, and, and I give you the background story that when, when Lauren, we were actually meeting with uh, both Pastor Dan and Pastor Lauren, we were going to meet together in my office uh, this week. And I had to text and call them and said, I just got tested. I, I got COVID. So I just got home from Canada with COVID-19. And uh, so uh, this was my fifth round with COVID. I don't know if anybody in here can beat me. <laughs> and I, I was talking to the pastor and the leader up there, and then he said, well, I don't know if anybody here had COVID or whatever, but, but he said, but you kissed about 500 people here, so there could be. <laughs> so these Canadians had some fresh baptism of love, but it was, uh, <clears throat> we, we just had a, had a wonderful, wonderful time in Canada, such an outpouring, and even while I was in bed for about four or five days, just entering into the hard work of rest. Sometimes rest is your weapon of warfare. And I think that even in our culture, I know we're going back to the basic, where we, if you realize that God uses all things out for good, it doesn't matter what comes your way, it's going to lead to an upgrade. That's when we consider joy when these trials come against us, because we know it leads to upgrades. Uh, if you didn't notice, every time fear comes against me, it gives me an upgrade in love. And then imperfect love casts out fear. The sadness gives me an upgrade. There's things about joy you cannot experience until you're experiencing sadness. You cannot experience totally divine appointments until you handle disappointments. So sometimes this tension that we have on our journey towards our destiny. And, and so as Lauren was just asking me, I was already stirring something in my spirit. So while I was laying there, just having some time with the Lord, and I'm in a kind of a tender place with him in this season. It is one of those places that I don't like to be because you feel very weak. I was supposed to actually do a procedure, and uh, uh, as I did, I had to cancel that, waiting for two months for this procedure. And then uh, I had to cancel because of COVID this week and rescheduling it. And then I'm heading to New Zealand on uh, the, the day after the 4th of July, or on the 5th of July, going to New Zealand. So living in between the tension of two worlds. Uh, so I'm just sharing with family for a few moments. On the one side, uh, I know we have some of our Cuban leaders meeting with our mission board. But just we had them visiting us last week. And uh, as they were telling us, just we have 107 new lighthouses of love in Cuba in six months. 
and it, it's just been amazing. But a couple of just small testimony, but in case I haven't shared this with a family, one of them that I love, she was the head of witchcraft. She was a witch of the Santaria witch. Her name is Lee. But anyway, that uh, Aki, who is the pastor's wife, our leaders in Cuba, she saw these ladies that were so beautiful because the best beautician in all Havana, she found out, was this witch. So she was thinking that, well, if I go to this person, and we have some sweet sisters in our church that cut hair, but my hair is not so nice. But he said, the ones with the beautiful hair, they go to the witch. But they maybe get some critters too while they go there. <laughs> there are some bonuses by going there. So she was kind of a nervous, but she came to me because I'm her spiritual papa. And she said, Papa Leif, what do I do? Because, uh, I mean, in one way, I want to support the sister in my church. And, but if I go to this witch, there's witchcraft all over the place and the music, and it is so dark. And, and I didn't remember me saying that. I said, repent. And she had looked at me strange, and I, I don't remember me saying that. Make the story short, uh, Aki, she repented. And, but what I said to her, is the light in you greater than the darkness in the witch? If you're not sure about that, go to the sweet sister in the church. But if you know that a light in you is greater than the darkness in the witch, and if you believe that the love in you is greater than the fear, and the perfect love will cast out fear. So... Aki, she fastened her seatbelt and she was nervous the first few times. Her hair looked good, but she had a little trauma after a couple of rounds. Actually, I found out that she went there for two years to this lady, every two months for two years, and was there. And she was also about to give up because it didn't seem like the witchcraft was getting less. And she, she was struggling. It doesn't seem like my light business is working very well. And actually, so I was coming to Cuba, and again, I just found somebody's testimony. Came to Cuba with a team, and we were going to have a revival service. And she asked the witch to come to the service. And the witch said yes. And the witch came to the service. She got saved, healed, and delivered, and said totally free. The reason I'm saying that story, she's now our top evangelist in all of Havana. And I found out this week she's leading, actually, Micah, who is with me. Micah was there, and we have, hopefully we can send you some of the interview, but interview her. But she is leading eight of those lighthouses of love. And uh, everyone that she touches, the presence of God is hitting them, and the glory is hitting them. So it's been such a transformation in her life. And another lady that Micah was interviewing while he was down there, just sharing a couple of testimony. And that is, uh, this, this lady had murdered her husband. Actually, he was very abusive. And as a result, she ended up in prison, served a long prison sentence in prison. Then she came out, had two strokes, and ended up with stage four cancer. But one of our little ones just came up and just touched her. And she got totally healed from stroke, totally healed from stage four cancer. And, she, and she's probably on the second place of the ones leading this movement now in Cuba. And I was just thinking about it. We have all these people that we maybe think is all the darkness or problems or hostility and everything else. But they are suddenly just one encounter from Jesus just changes everything. And I was just so encouraged in my spirit as I started to hear story and testimony. In six months in Havana, enduring some of the darkest moments of Cuba right now. In the middle of it, God is raising up a rise and shine for your light has come. And light is winning against darkness. Love is winning against fear. So I just wanted to share that there's something in my spirit that's just been so excited about the testimonies. But what I wanted to talk a little bit about today, it's a little of a framework. I call the message today, the battle you fight after the battle you won. Uh, 
Let me say that title one more time. It is the battle you fight after the battle you won. And I know that this message is not always because in our battle culture, and I will always focusing on the goodness and the kindness and the love and the breakthrough, even so much of the whole focus of our church is learning how to reign in life. Say reign in life. And, and we're all called to reign in life. But the reality that you have about 93% of the believers never enter into what I call the sweet spot or what is coming into the convergence. It is actually when you become who you are. Because something happens in the journey towards your destiny. And often disappointments, discouragements, distractions, delays. Things happen on this journey. Wilderness season comes along. We all have promise on Sunday. But then there's this long Saturday before Sunday comes. And sometimes we do not always know how to navigate those Saturday. And part of it today, and I felt in my spirit because I've been a student of the life of David for about 17 years. And we created a master class to take people on the journey. But how do you take a shepherd boy to become a king? So the whole journey, and there's a potential of a king in a shepherd boy. So just putting the framework of the life of David, he started out in Bethlehem. Say Bethlehem. And Jesus started out in Bethlehem. Say Bethlehem. You and I, we start out in Bethlehem. Say Bethlehem. That's the season where we learn how to be faithful in the natural. Say natural. And that's where you learn how to be a worshiper. Say worshiper. You learn how to be a warrior. Say warrior. David learned how to master a heart, but he also learned how to master a sling. He learned how to be a lamb, but he also learned how to be a lion. It was the season in Bethlehem. It's called the house of bread. He learned how to serve. He served his father's vision, his father's dream. So we need to have a solid foundation in Bethlehem. And I know that we have gone back to the future. There was a season we were focusing so much, we need to go to Zion. That's when you become king. That's when you start to rule and reign. And we love those words. But so many of us, we want to build a bridge between. We want to build a bridge between Bethlehem and Zion. And do not realize there is this big gap between Bethlehem and Zion in David's life. And it is a big gap for us. And for me, my encouragement for us is now to navigate some of those seasons. So when you're going through those seasons, and today I'm going to visiting a place that I don't like to visit. I think I've been there three or four times, and I'm visiting it again in my own life. It's called Ziglag. Say Ziglag. And we're going to open up a Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And we're going to learn a little bit about the story of David. But say first, David started in Bethlehem. Say Bethlehem. And then from Bethlehem, because of his faithfulness at this time, he ended up in Edulam. Say Edulam. So jealousy came in. He ended up with a little bit post-traumatic church disorder. <laughs> he had a spiritual father that had some issues that was throwing spears at him, that was coming after him. And instead of celebrate, suddenly Saul got jealous because the favorite song on YouTube was, Saul can do a thousand, David 10,000. So after he became a giant slayer and you have the breakthrough, sometimes there is a breakdown. Sometimes there is the battle you have to fight after the battle you won. And David was in this season in his cave of Adullam. Adullam means justice of the people. And that wasn't a time when David was in his greatest need, that God sends him 400 people with their greatest needs. And after about seven years' journey, what you have from 400 people that are just there, they became actually a family. They became a covenant. Something happened with these 400 people. David restored back again their identity. Say identity. Second of all, David's store was their value. Say value. 
the world system out there had devalued all those people, but they came to David depressed, distressed, indebted, and they came in uh, mainly because of what they could get. But during this journey, I am sure what David was doing, he was worshiping. It is this one thing I desire, this one thing I long for. I just want to dwell in his presence. David, he learned how to be overwhelmed in the secret place. And he started to bring them into this place where they're getting so overwhelmed by God that nothing else could overwhelm them. There was still inner healing, but it was less than 10% because most of the healing was taking place. And I thought about that during worship. If we can just learning even during the season of worship to get so overwhelmed by him and that we're pursuing his face, seeing his face. Say seeing his face. Say hearing his voice feeling his love, experiencing his presence, and resting, abiding in his pleasure. Say pleasure. I don't know why I use so much energy. Do I need to lean back? So in the middle of this journey of David towards his destiny, and the next major place for David was Hebron. Say Hebron. In the Dulum, everybody came to see what they could get. In Hebron, everybody came to see what they could give. In, in, in the Dulem, you still have a man after God's own heart. But in Hebron, you have a culture after God's own heart. And you have to have a culture to change culture. So he is established. You went from convenient relationship to covenant relationship. And that sets up the stage for Zion. Say Zion. So Bethlehem is natural. Say natural. Adullam is need. Say need. Hebron is relationship. Say relationship. And Zion is ruling and reigning. Say ruling and reigning. And every one of us, we are called to rule and reign in life. And all the children that is in here, uh, they're in the shepherd boys and the shepherd girls, the potential of being kings. And in those kings, we need to develop in the priest's heart. Yeah. We cannot help people to be a lion without first a lamb's heart. So anyway, but I do believe there is a lesson on this journey, and it's a stopping point. This was the rescue place for David. When Saul was coming after him, he's coming to Ziglak, and he's coming there actually for a place to protect and rest. And from that place, they were still at war with the Philistine. The wall system out there was still constantly attacking him. So let's read a couple of scripture verses to make this meeting legal. 1 Samuel chapter 30, starting in verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men, they came to Ziglag. Say Ziglag. Ziglag means the winding river, but it also is talking about being pressed. It can be mentally pressed, physical, so the word in itself. And on this third day, the Amalekites had invited the south and Ziglag. They attacked Ziglag and they burned it with fire. And they had taken captive the women and those who were from there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away off. Carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and was burned with fire. And the wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him, they lifted up their voices and they wept. Say wept. They wept until there was no more power to weep. I don't know if anybody has ever been in a place like that, but it is called good grief. The pain is so bad that you're weeping until there is no more tear. You get that diagnosis, you lose that one. You're suddenly in a crisis moment. And I will say that this is the worst day of David's life. And how do we navigate that? We're going to see that. And David, two wives, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Ahinoam and Jezreelites and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, 
the Carmelite, has been taken captive. So here they have taken the children, they have taken the wives, they've destroyed everything, lost all the finances, lost the city, lost everything that they have. And now also all the family has been taken. Now David was greatly distressed. Anybody here has ever been greatly distressed? It's not just distressed, but when you're greatly distressed, it's an upgrade in distress. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for sons and daughters. But I want you to stop here for a moment. This is one key verse. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I want you to say that with me. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Another word for that strengthen is to what he encouraged himself in the Lord God. Then David said to Abitar, the priest, Amalek's son, please bring the effort here, or the effort. And Abitar brought the effort to David. This is also a key. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Say, David inquired. Shall I pursue this troop? And shall I overtake them? Now we have a word from the Lord. From the weeping and going into this process, he suddenly now have a word from the Lord. It's not just going ahead and start to do something. He says, we're going to get some keys out of this. And he answered him, per- and he answered him pursue. Say pursue. pursue. For you shall surely overtake them. Say overtake. And without fail, you will recover all. Say recover all. Let's stop here just for a moment. Say, pursue, Pursue. overtake, Overtake. recover all. Say that again. Say, pursue. Pursue. It's a time to pursue. Say, pursue, Pursue. overtake, Overtake. and then recover all. I could call this message double for your trouble. But there needs to be, every single time the enemy attacks, they can against the health, can against the family. But we're going to look a little bit more closely at this. I'm going to actually kind of slow this down and kind of explain some more of the rest of the verses. But I wanted to hang out here for a few moments. Are you guys okay, by the way? Yes. Am I talking too fast? Yes. I'm just, uh, I got actually 21 minutes left. <laughs> and Vanessa, it's good to see you back again. And it was wonderful to be in worship. How many here loves to worship? This is still the special sauce of this church. It is worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. I will just stop for a moment. Uh, I think I was sharing with Blake earlier today. This week while I was in, uh, in bed with COVID, I was just looking at some YouTube videos. And one of them just hit me because it's like, here's another story of a mega church pastor repenting. And I thought, here's going to be another sexual immorality or something. And, but as I watched this, this guy is describing that I'm build, building this amazing church. Everybody is so impressed. We have great people, great churches, great volunteers, great staff, great budget. Everything is so great. But we missed out on the main thing. We don't have worshipers that are worshiping in spirit and in truth. He realized that the intimacy was not the main thing. They was actually doing it for God instead of from God. They were trying to achieve what you only can receive. They were building a Babel system of the best what man can build from earth towards heaven instead of building something from heaven towards earth. And when suddenly he realized that, and I, it just touched my heart 
in a way because I think we all have this tendency uh, to help God. And actually, a little bit of the background here, the lighthouses of love. We planted 1,780 lighthouses of love about 15 years ago, all over Africa, all over the Middle East, over Cuba. We had over 86,000 people being discipled through it. And one day, God just came in and says, Leif, I I want you to shut it all down. And it broke my heart, but he said, you helped me with this. You birthed an Ishmael. And that means when God speaks something to you and you're going in and you find a Hagar to help God. And now you have to sustain it. Now you have to feed it. Now you have to burp it. And so you had to lay down something and it was some of the most painful things. So over 10 years went by. I didn't even think about it until God says, now do you remember those lighthouses of love? It is time to birth it. But I don't want you to help me. I said, well, I don't know how to do that. He says, good, then we can begin. Because it has to come from him to go through him, to go back to him. So in this journey, let me give you the background of David. David and his guys, they've been out there fighting the Philistines. If you're studying the geography, they have gone on a, and I know you like this, Pastor Dan, a 50-mile journey, these guys, three days, 50 miles. So they were exhausted physically, they're exhausted spiritually, they've been at war for so long. And I know some of us has been that we've been finishing one season, you're finishing one battle, and here's this diagnosis. I had this one major giant of health that I've been focusing on, and then suddenly there pops up another one. And then you try to fight them, and here is another one. And then you get the fourth one. And it is the battle you fight after the battle you won. So you're suddenly right in the middle, you're just finishing this fight and you're coming home and you're about to enter into rest and these guys are exhausted and tired and then they're coming in back to Ziglag. They can't wait to see their family. They can't wait to just be able to hug and coming home to a place of safety, of comfort, to recharge, of rest. And instead, there is a war again. But David, to some degree, was a little backslidden at this time. He was actually also in a moment when you're realizing the fatigue factor. Say fatigue. He had actually started burning up his oil, and he'd been forgotten about the priestly realm. I mean, he was operating more like a king and taking territory, but somehow you will find in that season, he didn't spend a lot of time in intimacy. And then when this crisis comes along, he comes into Ziglag, he has some choices. You can become bitter or better. You can whine and you can shine. But when David comes in, this tragedy, first of all, here he is with 600 people. These were the mighty men of valor. They've been on this journey together. They become covenant. They become family. But because they are so worn out by the battlefield they've been part of. And the reason I'm using that, because I feel that there's a battle fatigue. And there's many people right now that is, we need to learn how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We need to know in the winter season, in the wilderness season, when the dry things comes in, when the enemy is attacking, when we are weak. And it's interesting, the Philistine is kind of the big giants that you're fighting. But the Amalekites, when they are coming in, what they're doing is they're going after the weakness. Now your child has fever again. It may be some minor, but they're going after all those other leaks in your life. And you're just fixing one leak, and then there's another leak, and there's another leak that is about to wear you out. So in the middle of this battle fatigue, there's something that God is teaching us because there is a crown coming to Ziglag. I do not believe that anybody in this room will really rule and reign in life if you have not been to Ziglag. And Ziglag doesn't have to be what David just went through, but it is a place in your life, and it could be the worst day of your life. 
But there's moments in your life when you're facing, it is not just a giant, but when you're facing internally speaking, it seems like everything is coming against you. And when you do not know what to do, you need to know where to go. Could I say that one more time? When you do not know what to do, you need to know where to go. And the first part of David in this journey, he started to weep. Say he weep. And he wept until there was no more tears. So 600 guys, they show up and they started to weep. The second lesson I'm learning from Ziglag is don't become bitter. Say bitter. There's a lot of people that have offenses of what happened. Like I talked to one lady and this lady for 12 years, she lost a daughter that was 18 years old. And for 12 years, she has not functioned well. She has all these physical illnesses and everything else. She came to a meeting, meeting to be prayed for. And realizing that she actually started to taste of marrow, which means the bitter water. She tasted out of the bitterness. She was supposed to go through a mourning and weeping, but she has stayed there. And it has just caused almost like a cancer in her soul. And she experiencing a healing and inner healing at that moment. And she started to realize the 18 beautiful years she had with her daughter. And she started to thank God for every moment of those 18 years that her daughter was a believer. And she started to shift it around. And she learned how to strengthen herself in the Lord, encourage herself in the Lord, and recognizing the gift that God had given her. And something started to shift after 12 years. She started physically and emotionally and spiritually to get healthy again. Because she was looking up and she started getting overwhelmed by him. And she started to get healed from the bitterness. So after the weeping and everything else, but then the season comes to learning how to pursue him. And I think that in some of those seasons, one of the major things that is important for us is memory stones. You say, what does that mean? This ring is from Papa Jack Taylor. I'm reminded about him. This ring is, I've been married to Jennifer Hetland for 34 years. It's a memory stone, it's a covenant. So if you say, oh, you're married, there's times I don't feel like it is a marriage. But it doesn't matter what I feel because I'm in covenant. And if you have a big enough yes, you have to say no. And so you have to have these things to remind you when you don't feel certain things. There's times I don't feel certain things, but I have memory stones with me. When I'm standing in the front of a child with stage four cancer, it takes me when my friend Greg invited us up to a hospital in Atlanta of this child that was healed from stage four cancer. Why? Because I have memory stones when I'm looking and I cannot see and I cannot hear. I have to go back again to the faithfulness of God and what God has already done. And David had a history with God. So even when people are imparting to us certain things in this season, it is like Bill Johnson says, they cannot impart their history with God. But all of us have a history with God. God has been faithful to you. And if you can just learn to bring back what God has done instead of what God didn't do. Could I say that again? In the season when you are facing your crisis in a moment, the enemy is going to try to remind you what God has not done. And God gives you an invitation to go back with gratitude, with worship, and see what he's done. My worst zigzag moment, this is the first time, 17 years ago in a treatment center in California. I've been on opiates for 11 years. Some of you have heard this story. But 11 years I've been on opiates and ended up in a treatment center. And 12 days into this, I was afraid I was going to die. The next 18 days, I was afraid I was not going to die. Some of you know my story, broken neck, broken back, body cast. I've had 12 surgery and being on the bar 
of being on the front line in battle, one fight after the other, and suddenly my body shut down. But I've been on all those medication, and I was getting off all of it cold turkey. And I was there in California, and I remember one day, there was nothing that was working. My body was shut down. Couldn't hear anything, couldn't see anything. And, but suddenly he reminded me I was able to lift my fingers. And when I just lifted my finger and started to praise the Lord, I can, I, I can still see. I have some issue in my body right now, but I can see you. I can lift my hands. And I just started to focusing on the gift of what I had instead of what I didn't have. And in a matter of 15 minutes, where I've only seen darkness and depression and anxiety and how big Goliath is, I started to see how big God is. And the more you start to see, the bigger God becomes, the smaller those issues becomes. And sometimes that has to do with learning how to be overwhelmed. So David himself, he went to the priest and he said, Make it, let me get the effort. And he's putting on the priestly garment back again and he goes into the secret place. I do not know exactly what David said, but I just looked at a couple of scripture verses and whew, this is going to be difficult to be quick. But I was just looking at maybe Psalm 16, 18, 6. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he cried and I cried out for my health. The Lord is my light and he is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Or whom shall I be afraid? When you start to see some of these things, oh, it is this one thing I desire, this one thing I long for. I just want to dwell in the presence of the Lord. I just want to gaze upon his beauty. On his beauty. Psalm 34, 1, 6. I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him, they are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. The poor man were called out, and the Lord heard him, and he saved him out of his trouble. I don't know what David did in this season when he strengthened himself. All I know, he was going low and slow. In the season of the brokenness, David went into that secret place. He has, four, he has all the guys that wants to kill him. So it was not enough that he lost everything. They've taken his family, but all the church is coming against him. He's the only one left. And in the middle of that very place, David, after they finish the weeping, after they are finishing this process, he needs a word from the Lord. And the question is, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to pursue? Am I supposed to do something? And the Lord says, yes, I want you to pursue. Say pursue. And I want you to overtake. Say overtake. And I want you to recover all. Say recover all. And I feel this is a kingdom principle for us today, including my own life, that there's been quality of life that the enemy has taken from me. But it is time for me to pursue, to overtake and recover all. I have not been able to go skiing for over 30 years, but it is time to buy the ski trip because Jesus came to save that which was lost. Luke 19, 10. It didn't say just that that was lost, but those, not just those that was lost, but that which was lost. So everywhere the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, it's going to lead to an upgrade. I have a tattoo here, and I'm not recommending tattoo, but it's two of the closest people in my life. Todd Bevan, who traveled with me for 15 years, and then Bob Phillips, that's the circle of covenant, that's the two lives. But when Todd died, it was another one of the ziggler. I wept, I stood over the ocean in Norway, been fighting for his life for over two years, and we lost the battle to cancer. And we were so broken, and I wept that very day. And it seems that you lost, but went back and strengthened myself in the Lord. And during that season, I just knew we're going to go into a place where the gospel has never been before. And the reason we are doing that is going to cost the enemy something. 
And we had over 87,280 new names added to the Lamb's Book of Life. Because for me, it is very important that we pursue. We pursue him, but we're also making sure that when these things are happening, there's a season for where we do not just go and fight and the enemy will wear you out. But what we do is we're going into the secret place to getting overwhelmed by him and getting a word from the Lord in that season. So when the morning is over and we're finished the weeping, well, we're going into the secret place to get one word from God. It changes everything. And for me, that word for me at that moment was an invitation to go to a place where the gospel had never been before and to be able to bring healing. There was over 30,000 people healed and 300 creative miracles including lame people walking, blind people seeing, and all these things that was taking place. But I realized that when the enemy is attacking one way, it's going to cost him something. And he's been going after my health. And as a result, this has been over and over again. And as a result of that, I'm having an upgrade in my healing ministry. Because where the serpent has bitten me is where I had the greatest authority. When the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. So what David does, he strengthens himself in the Lord. He's going into the secret place and getting a word from the Lord. And then we say, after that verse, when he came in, we know the story that 200 of the people, and you're going to see that with the church. There's people in the church right now that they do not have what it takes not to going out and fight or to take back. They're just so tired. And David didn't blame them on that battle fatigue. Of the 600, 200 just needed to rest. But the other 400 went back. And as David himself, after he got a clear vision, and that's also what we need in this season, the clear vision, without vision, people perish. I'm getting a vision of what my body looks like. And so even when all of these things from my sciatica, the peripheral neuropathy and the numbness in my leg to this vertical in my ear and bone missing and I could go on and on and on. In the middle of all of that, it's going to be an upgrade. So I'm already getting a clear picture of what this looks like on the other side. So what David got when the word of the Lord comes in, it is getting a vision of what it looks like when our family is together. He's getting a picture of what it does when the city is being restored. When the resources has come back in that the enemy has taken from you. I mean, David had a clear picture of what it looks like, and he gave that to the picture. So there's at least 400 people that can see it. Say they can see it. And they say it. Say, say it. So they could seize it. Say, seize it. So they were able to see it, and then they declared it. This is what God is doing. This is what God is saying. And then you go in and receive it. Seize it. And it is important for us in this season. Anyway, we're going to start to land this now. Are you guys okay? Say pursue, pursue. Overtake. overtake, recover all. Recover all. Say pursue, pursue. Overtake. overtake, and recover all. recover all. Let me just stop in the last few moments and let me ask you a question. Anybody here have had any area where the enemy has stolen something from you? Anyone else have experienced there's attack on our families? could be attack on finances, attack on health. There's different areas. And even sometimes the battle you fight after the battle you won, where you just finish one fight and then there is another fight. And you are, anybody here that have experienced some battle fatigue? I'm tired. I mean, just finish. David, 50 miles of walking and one war and one fight and now it is not just the fight the whole city is burned down it is not just that the family is taking away but now all of the rest of the church comes against them 
I mean, all the people he had given his life for, all of them wants to kill him. And he goes into that secret place to get so overwhelmed by him that nothing else can overwhelm him. And he's going back, and then he needs a word from the Lord, and he asks the Lord, what should I do? Should I pursue? Should I overtake? And the Lord says, yes, I want you to pursue, overtake, and I want you to recover all. And then it is just to coming back and say, what does this look like, God? Not going in and stress and sweat. Now it is a promise, no longer a problem. I want you to capture this. Healing is no longer a problem, it is a promise. And you can only receive a promise. One word from the Lord changes everything. It is a problem if you're going to try to do it in the flesh. But when you've been in a secret place and you got a word from the Lord, this is what this is going to look like. Now it is just learning to co-labor with Him. And letting that word becoming flesh. And going through the beautiful process and hiding that word in your heart. I know what God says that we are going to pursue, we're going to overtake, and we're going to recover all. I see this beautiful thing from my marriage. I see this beautiful thing from my family. I see this beautiful thing. God is in this season because of this very word. See, even my weakness, that's called strength. See, even if you're walking with a limp, he trusts people that are walking with a limp. This is probably one of the highlights of David's life that is connected. This is when you start to see this heart being developed in the middle of the pressure. What's in you comes out. And at that moment, the lukewarmness in David, the complacency in David, it is over. At that moment, David himself, he is becoming who he is. And you start to see royalty coming in place. But it is happening with a priestly heart. And you are both a royal priesthood. You're a priest on the inside, so you can be a king on the outside. But when you rule and reign, you do it with a priest's heart. And you represent God before people and people before God. The story is, David, they went took back everything the enemy has stolen, got all the resources, two more small principles here, and I will pray. The next thing that happened, when I get to the 200 guys that was behind, David didn't come and say, you didn't go to war, but he shared the spoil among them. The victory, when you have a victory, we all have a victory because it is family. When one of us have a breakthrough, all of us have a breakthrough. If the enemy attacks one, he is attacking all because we are family. So what David is doing is coming to the, and then later on what he did is with an abundance that was coming in, he blessed, and he started to bless Judah that was going to be one of the first places where he learned how to rule and reign before he became king over all Israel. So he started to be a blessing to the community and everybody else because of what the enemy has done. And I believe that out of the attack that the enemy is attacking us, when we pursue, say pursue, overtake, recover all. As a result of those things that God is doing in our life, we are able to bring such a blessing to our community. 11% of the people, according to George Barna research, 11% of all the people around us, if somebody invited them to come to this church, they would say yes. Let me put that into perspective. If you take 20 miles radio just around, not even the city of Atlanta, around our community, 11%. So we have about 22,000 people. If somebody just said, would you come? They say, yeah, we will come. They're looking for that seat. They're looking for this community. They're looking for family. They're looking for being restored back. And the wall in the middle of all this shaking that is going on, they're looking for something that is unshakable. Can we stand to our feet? Holy. (laughs) 
As a deer pants for the stream of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears has been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I poured out my soul. I want us just to hold out our hands and this is just a family time to be honest. What this story is that's encouraging me when I feel my stuff is bad and I'm looking at David, it's not as bad. That doesn't stop your toe from hurting. So whatever you're going through is the real thing. But what it does is, for me, I'm finding some gold nuggets in the middle of it. I find some nutrients for all of us. Is there anyone here that just needs a breakthrough? Just wave to me. I'm in some areas in your life. Anyone that are experiencing any breakdowns? Just wave to me. <laughs> because sometimes we need to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. I do want us to invite the Holy Spirit to come. But I'm sensing that this is time for us as a family. We have lost people. We may be, some of you have lost quality of life. Some it could be finances, it can be friends, it can be family. I don't know what has happened in this last season in your life. I just know in my journey, this is an invitation for me to strengthen myself in the Lord. To look at his face, to hear his voice, and to get a fresh word. And I'm getting a fresh word in my spirit, what it's going to look like on the other side. So, Father, I just thank you so much for Bethel family. Thank you for the faithfulness. I know so many people, even because you have been faithful, this was not because of David's unfaithfulness. The enemy has also been attacking. And I just releasing Jesus, the Prince of Shalom, to rest upon you. And I will ask the ministry team just to come forward to be available today. If the ministry team is here, but we're going to, I know the children are here, but we're going to make room. And I know Michael is going to come up in a few moments, but just sensing that if you are sensing that his word is speaking to you, just lift your hands. I'm just sensing that if this is an invitation for you to go in and get some fresh oil of intimacy. Anyone that is tired, you just need to strengthen yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord, and suddenly in the middle of it, get to see his face again, to hear his voice again, to feel his love. Father, I just release right now Jesus, the Prince of Shalom, I just speak even for anyone where the enemy is going after your health right now. And you've been on this health journey and it's been one season after the other. It's been like one attack after the other. I'm just releasing at this very moment on that there's healing in the covenant. And there's healing in the kingdom. And there's healing in the atonement. We're not coming as beggars, but we have our wedding ban on. It is a covenant with a covenant-keeping God, and your promises are yes and amen. So I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. I speak to any cancer right now. We've had two people with cancer just been healed lately. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I have one of my friends in Seattle that just got healed from Parkinson just a couple of weeks ago. And I just be healed in Jesus' name. Fertility, fertility, be healed in Jesus' name. I just speak Jesus, the Prince of Shalom, of wholeness to come over you. Anyone here that needs healing in your body, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, just feel the very presence of Jesus, the healer. Enough is enough. We're pursuing, overtaking, and recovering all.
anyone with finances, just wave to me, finances. Father, we're just coming. Thank you for Jehovah Jireh, that is our provider. Thank you for Jesus of abundance. Just come. So if you're just sensing, I think, Michael, are you coming up? And then I just wanted to bless people's finances at this very moment. Thank you for breakthrough in finances. So wherever the enemy and I've seen it on several different areas where it seems like there was a loss after loss after loss. But I thank you that we are in a season where we're seeing there's a recovering all. Say recovering all. So whatever the enemy has taken from you, there's going to be a double for your trouble. It's going to be a double for your trouble. And I'm blessing that over you in Jesus' name. If you are sensing I do need prayer this morning, we have the ministry team here. I'm going to go and hang out with my son, Leif Emmanuel, in Atlanta and enjoying a wonderful family time. But one more time, just hold up your hands. Father, I just thank you for the word this morning. Even if I'm just sensing that with the, where, where I'm at in my process, I'm in a little zigzag moment. <laughs> but I'm grateful for this moment. Because the other zigzag moments in my life, I learned certain things about your heart I could have never got. I thank you for seizing you, taking us deeper before you take us wider. Thank you that you're bringing us into this place where there is no plan B, there's only a plan A, and that's you. And we need a word from you, and one word from you changes everything. Thank you for our ministry team, that they will have fresh manna. There's going to be fresh bread. There's going to be bread from Bethlehem, the fresh bread for people. And they're going to get a fresh word that is just going to be able to take you into this next season. And that seed of the word of God is going to be a tree full of fruit. I release that over you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that we're going to start to hear stories after story about recovering. For that prodigal son that is coming home. For that daughter that has been away from you that is going to come home. I thank you for part of the recovering all for our family. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. So you just come. The invitation is here. And let's just worship him. Let's just be in his presence for a few moments. Let's get overwhelmed by him so nothing else can overwhelm us. And give Jesus a good hand. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.